Amen. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate that. God bless you. A wonderful welcome. Amen. Yes, I, I am a young adult. Hallelujah. Amen. So good to be here. Uh, I greet you all in the mighty name of Jesus. Of course, uh, greet people that have gathered here today. Uh, also greet people that are joining with us uh, online. Uh, it's an honor to be at Numa Christian Center. Uh, the new branding is looking very, very, very chef's kiss. Amen. I want to greet uh, Pastor Eric and all the wonderful leaders here, associate pastors and ministers and deacons and elders. God bless you. God bless you. And all, of course, the ministry of helps. God bless you. And then the wonderful congregation. So, yes, as Brother Todd was saying, I do think of myself as a young adult, you know, but uh, I, I am also reminded at times. Uh, Todd, how old are you, sir? You just 28. You, I could be your dad. I could be your dad. Amen. I, I have a a 25-year-old uh, daughter uh, who is getting married next year. Jehovah Jireh, her unshakable faith. Amen. Uh, so she's getting married next year. So, uh, uh, But we, we must stay young in the Lord, right? We're just young at heart. Glory be to God. Amen. Uh, so I, I'm excited, of course. I always love to talk to I'm always stirred up when young adults are, are pressing into the things of God, pressing into faith, pressing into uh, the kingdom and the word and, and the text and, and church. I still believe in the church. How many still believe in the church? Long live the church. Hallelujah. I still believe in the body of Christ. And I, I'm reminded, you know, probably around, I think it was around, yeah, 22 years ago, as a young adult, I, I walked into a church. Uh, with half an ounce of weed in my pocket, you know, and, and sat down to watch my then-girlfriend get baptized. I had come to observe with some of my friends, and I had all kinds of questions. I, I'd seen her begin to draw closer to God, and, and certain things that were readily available got cut off, if you understand what I'm talking about. And I was wondering what the future would look like for my desires. Amen. And it was on that day the Lord called me at her baptism. I was saved and baptized on the, at the, uh, on the same day, 22 years old, weed in my pocket. How many of you know God don't care? Amen. He'll call you anywhere. He'll find you anywhere. Come on, he'll, he'll come to the dark place and he'll locate you right where you are. You don't have to clean up for him. You don't have to get right for him. You don't have to change your, your dress code for him. Come on. He'll find you right where you are. That's what grace does. Amen. And I thank God that I'm, you know, a number of years later, still saved, still here. Amen. And, and, I, and I do want to talk about what I, I believe has got us here is faith. Faith. Grace through faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, um, of course, faith, when we talk about faith, and I know there's been some uh, good messages that have come forth. I saw our brother uh, Todd's um, illustration uh, last night, very good illustration about faith and uh, about how faith works. And, of course, when we hear the word faith, it's one of those uh, subjects that sometimes we mentally assent to, that we, I know about faith. Uh, but, of course... The word of God is inexhaustible, and there's always more uh, that we can we can learn about faith. And uh, of course, the great faith chapter in the book of Hebrews. You know, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And then we get that the powerful text: without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. It's, it's impossible. So we understand the importance of faith. And um, I think, uh, 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 you know, the Bible talks about the just living by faith. So it's something that we should stay in. It's not something that we should get to a place and say, well, I, I know about faith or I'm so developed in faith. I don't need to get into the book concerning it. So we want to just uh, stay in Hebrews. I wanna, uh, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 6 first. And the author of Hebrews, of course, gives us, I think, in all, all the scriptures, all the scriptures are wonderful that talk about faith, but Hebrews 
Faith is a core concept in the epistle written to the Hebrews. And so um, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, the author um, is giving these principles. And he calls them elementary principles. He calls them foundational. He calls them basic. Has anybody ever read that list and like, mm, <laughs> that's not quite basic. It's quite advanced. And, and I think the idea is that uh, he's not disparaging or saying that the, the, these doctrines are small or little, but he is saying that everything else that we do in the kingdom must be built on these things. Amen? And, and faith is one of those things. So he says in, in verse 1, he says, Therefore, leaving the, the discussion of the elementary principles or message of Christ, he said, let us go on to per perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, plural, of laying on of hands, a doctrine of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And he calls these things elementary. He calls these things foundational. And he says that there comes a time where we have to build on top of these things. So we have to build on top of our faith. Our faith is supposed to grow. Do you believe that in here today? And, and of course, when we understand the, the settings, the historical settings of the book of Hebrews, um, of course, Hebrews were written to Jewish believers that had recently become Christian. And um, they were under, you know, Jews at the time were under the legal protection of Rome. Uh, however, Christians were persecuted. So you have these newly converted Christians, uh, Jews, that are now believers in Christ. And they are under horrible persecution by the Emperor Nero. And, uh, of course, when we, we, we find, when we talk about uh, Nero, Nero was, was a, a wicked man. Paul knew of him. He was, he was an evil man. And he was one of the main perpetrators of persecution of the Christians. And so they believed that when this epistle was written to the Hebrews, they were under intense um, uh, persecution because of their faith. They could lose their life. And Peter and Paul and all the other epistles are written because it would be so easy to go back to the traditions of the past. How many of you know sometimes it looks easier to go back to Egypt than to go forward to Canaan? Amen. And if they had gone back to Judaism, they would receive safety by the then Roman government. If they renounced Christianity and returned to their old traditions, they could stay safe. They wouldn't have to uh, risk the thre threat of prison or the threat of death. And so when, when the author writes, listen, I, I want you to go forward. I don't want you to return back to dead works. I don't want you to, to go back to the safe life of convenience. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't want you to go back to your com comfort zone. And even though the future may contain death, even though the future may contain persecution, even though the future may contain prison, I still want you to take up your cross, amen, and keep your faith in what Jesus has done on the cross, amen? And so the, when, when we read through the book of Hebrews, you'll find that there's a lot of Old Testament quotations uh, because it's, it's referring, it's trying to um, draw a line between the old faith, Judaism, and their new faith, Christianity. And in essence, so you'll get scriptures where they write about the law. And they say the law had a shadow, was a shadow of good things to come, which is faith, right? And then he talks about sacrifices. He says, under the old covenant, those sacrifices could not remove your sin. But there was one perfect eternal sacrifice. His name is Jesus. Come on, someone say Jesus. Amen. And, and, he, called, and he said, he is now your high priest. He has consecrated you. He has, he has made a new way for you. He has removed the veil for you. And then he gets to, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, so he, he says this. He says, the old doesn't have saving power. The, the new was built on the old, but the old doesn't have saving power. And then in verse 22, he says, he says, after hearing 
about what Jesus has done. He says, let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an old evil conscience and our, and our bodies washed with pure water. And then let's look at verse 23. It's a key verse. He says, let us hold fast our confession of faith without wavering. Come on. Unshakable faith. Let us hold fast our confession of faith. Why? For he who promised is faithful. Come on, we serve a faithful God. Go to verse 37 and verse 38. I, I, I do apologize. Before we were called the place of grace, we, our church name was Word of Faith. Amen. And so well, we, we believe in teaching the word here. Praise God. So I don't have to apologize. I know. I mean, I know I'm in a place where believers love the Bible, right? Mm, I thought so. Hallelujah. And so look at verse 37. He says, for yet a little while, he says, and he who is coming will come back and will not tarry. Don't you get sometimes upset when God says he won't delay? I mean, come on, it's been a long time. But he's, he's not asking us to look with the eyes of the natural. He's asking us to look with the eyes of faith. Look at what he says. He says, now the just shall live by, come on, help me, church, faith. How should we live? Anybody who's just in here, righteous in here, saved by the blood in here, young and old, come on. The just shall live by faith. But he says, but if anyone draws back, again, he's referring to the pressure to return. The pressure to go backwards. How many of you know there's some situations in life that are going to pressure you to go back, to back away from your confession of faith? Come on, I know a brother told us talk about healing. You could believe that you are healed, but all the symptoms in your body are screaming at you that you're not healed. And it could be very easy to revert back to that old confession. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, I'm sick. Woe is me. Oh, the pain rather than your confession of faith. Amen. And so he says, if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And so the author of Hebrews, he quotes Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, which says the just shall live by faith. Amen. And so Hebrews gives us this backdrop of faith, tells us that our faith is not something imaginary, is not something without substance and evidence, but that our faith is based on what Jesus done on the cross, is based on his sacrifice, and that he uses this Greek word pistis, which means trust, confidence, and assurance, and reliance. And it's trust, confidence, and reliance towards an object. Amen? It's, it's trust, confidence, and reliance towards the plan of salvation. Amen? Now, one of the primary definitions of faith means to be persuaded. I'm persuaded. Come on. I'm persuaded. And so, um, in Hebrews, uh, go to Hebrews chapter 1. And then we're going to just end up in Hebrews chapter 11. And I have set my clock because, you know, I'm like every other preacher, you know. I can be long-winded, but I've, I'm, I'm trying to put myself on, on, on a good time. Amen. Praise God. So in Hebrews chapter 1, he writes to them. This is how he starts off. He says, God, who at various times in various ways, spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days to us, uh, has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom he made the world. Amen. And so in essence, what he's saying to, to the Hebrews is don't divorce your faith where you are now from what the prophets and the patriarchs spoke in days past. He says it's the, it's the same God that you're speaking to. 
It's the same God that you're dealing with. It's the same God that has called you. He's the same God that was working through the prophets. But now his primary way of operating is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That Jesus Christ is supreme. Amen. He is the preeminent one. Hallelujah. And so he says, he says, listen, he says, he says, uh, uh, remember that there is history to where you are right now. And even though it looks hard, even though it, it looks tough, I want to remind you that your faith has roots. It's rooted in the prophets and it's now connected to you through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, he's, he's, he's given foundation to their belief. And in essence, he's, he's saying, listen, times are going to come, but I want you to hold on because your faith has deep roots. I want you to hold on because your faith has deep roots. And even if it becomes a matter of life and death, your faith will be worth it. Amen. Now, I always believe that when we read the word, we should first understand that it was written to a people, a real group of people, before it was written to us. I know in modern day, we like to make everything about us. But sometimes when we look at the text, we must understand that it was first written to a people and it must mean something to them. And so, you know, sometimes when we hear about faith, we hear it with such a modern understanding, right? It's a lot of times it's about what I can get. A lot of times it's faith for my car, faith for my job, faith for my husband, faith for my marriage, faith for my bills to be paid, faith for my debts to be cancelled. Come on, faith for the church. You know, we, 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 you know, faith for the bill. Come on, we, we put these modern uh, uh, definitions and so, yeah, come on, let's speak the promises. And that's good. I'm not negating that. Decree the promises and they shall come to pass. Come on, modern faith. Come on, no weapon formed. Come on. And we, we have, we, we make these proclamations of faith and I understand that but a lot of times we've now equated faith solely to answered prayers and this is not what they were trying to say in the text so it's more of a, 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 a modern phenomenon it's a, you know Pentecostal charismatic or you know word of faith evangelical come on faith is just about what we can get so that here in the in England we can live the American dream and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but in essence, he is saying uh, that, the, 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 when we want to understand faith, we first have to go back to what it really meant. We've built on it, we've, 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 and I, be, I believe by revelation, but there was something that it meant to those Hebrew people right then and there, and that's what I want to uncover today. So let's go to, let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. And then we're going to end and stay in Hebrews chapter 11. So in Hebrews chapter 12, he, he, he's writing this epistle. And he says, he says, see then, see that you do not, um, verse 25, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. He says, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. He says, for if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape. Excuse me, if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised saying, listen this, and I believe that even when we consider the last, you know, one and a half years, we have indeed been in a season of shaking. Pastor, can you confirm that the ch our church doesn't look the same today as it did in 2019 and the beginning of 2020? And whatever you make of that, things are different. I've been traveling to various churches. Things are different in Christianity. There has been a shaken. Things are different in the nations. Things are different in governments. Things are different all over the world. There is a shaking and it still yet shakes. And so he says, now this... In, in verse 26, he says, now this, I, I shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. He says, now, now this, yet once more, he says, indicates the, the removal of things that cannot be shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. 
So in essence, he's saying that there are things when the shaking comes, they will not last. They will not stand. But when the shaking is complete, we will find that there are some things that were unshakable. Amen. That when the shaking is complete, we would find that there are some things that are unshakable. So in verse 28, he says, therefore, since we have, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, we found that the church can be shaken, but the kingdom can't. Amen. And when I say the church, I'm not talking about us, the people, the ecclesia. I'm talking about the system. The religious system can be shaken. But the kingdom cannot be shaken. And so he says, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. And so what am I trying to say with this? I think uh, one of the key things when we talk about faith is that we should not detach faith from the concept of perseverance. From the concept of, of endurance. The idea is this. Can you trust God in seasons of shaking? Come on. Can you resist the allure of Egypt? Amen. Come on, sometimes when you make a, a critical decision for Jesus, <laughs> all hell breaks loose. Come on. You said I'm going to pray more, your prayer life gets attacked. You say you're going to study more, all kinds of distractions come. You say you're going to be more faithful to the house of God, all of a sudden sleep hits you harder on a Sunday morning now. Because... What the adversary is trying to do is get us to go back rather than to go forward. And so can you trust God in seasons of shaken? Can you resist the allure of Egypt? Amen. And can you trust God when things in this world are not going particularly well? You know, as I talk to young adults and I'm talking to some young adults today and uh, some younger adults and some young adults. Amen. We understand that we are living in very precarious times. Uh, the, the, the pandemic and, and whatever has been unleashed in that, you know, all kinds of things have come out from that. Then, we, you know, there's another thing going on in the church, particularly amongst our young people, called deconstructionism, where they feel the need. They say, listen, you elders have failed us in your teachings of Christianity. You, did not, you, you haven't loved us well. You haven't loved the homosexual. You, have, you haven't loved uh, the backslider. And so what we're going to do is deconstruct your religion. And a lot of times it leads to apostasy. So there's been a rise of deconstructionism. We also see simply the challenges of life. And I want to encourage someone that is in their 20s. Listen, there are some things that you are simply going to have to outlast. They're not going to shift. You're going to have to outlast them. They're not going to magically change and disappear. You're going to have to have some perseverance and endurance to push on through. Can someone say amen? There's some things that you're going to have to persevere with faith towards God. Amen. And so as the apostle begins to close out his epistle, and he begins to expound on matters of faith. He talks about the mechanism of faith and, and how it works. So let, now let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. And I, you, I know you've probably read these verses already in this teaching. Uh, that's fine. Amen. Repetition is good for learning. And so he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He says, for by it, by faith... The elders obtained a good testimony or witness. I like the way it says it in that version. It says, your ancestors were approved by their faith. Amen. He says, uh, he says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen 
were not made of things which are visible. So there's that element of, uh, of the invisible of God it being more powerful than the matter, the evidence that we see right before us. Let me read this from the Amplified. It says, now faith is the assurance. It's the confirmation. It's the title deed of things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. He says, for by faith, trust and holy further, born of men of faith, men of old had a divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. He says, by faith we understand that the worlds during successive ages were framed, were fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. So that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Amen? Now, it, when, you, when you look at the, an overview of the book of Hebrews... It has these kind of these natural uh, divisions. So, so in from Hebrews one to six, it's divided, and it says that Christ is superior. When they, when you read those first few chapters, the author is saying, "Listen, Christ is above your rituals. Christ is above the law. Christ is above animal sacrifices. Christ is above the prophets. Christ is above Abraham, Moses. Christ is above all." Then from Hebrews chapter 7, it talks about Christ being a superior priest. Amen. Then from Hebrews 10 through 13, it talks about the superior principle, which is the principle of faith. Amen. And so he says that you, we have been called to live by a superior principle than your natural senses. And that is the principle of faith. Amen. That there is a tangible substance Two things that you don't yet see. And again, he's talking to these Hebrews who are tempted to go back. And he says, listen, you can have confidence that although there are some things that are troubling you in the visible realm, there is something, there, are, there is invisible realities of God that are even more powerful than what you are facing right now in life. Amen. This is why I don't care how bad it gets. Our decree as the church must always be Jesus is greater than COVID. Jesus is greater than governments. Jesus is greater than war. Jesus is greater than conspiracies. It, it doesn't matter how wild and rough and turbulent the world gets. Jesus is still supreme. Do I have a church in here today? There's a confidence in that. This, this is the matter of faith. And he says, don't return back to perdition. Don't return back to waste or loss. Amen. And, and in essence, what he's also trying to say is that true biblical faith, you know, you, you hear the term blind faith sometimes. He's saying true biblical faith is not blind it's, it's not in a, a person that does not exist. It is not in a person that does not know. It's not just believing in spite of all the evidence that's presented against you. Faith is not in the realm of denial. Sometimes we teach, just deny it. And that's faith. No, it doesn't exist. I don't see you. And this produces a head in the sand Christian. Faith is not denial. Faith is simply saying, I see what's out there, but my God is greater. Come on. I see it. I'm not denying. I'm not denying that when I keyed in my, my pin code, my bank account told me something. I'm not denying that. But it simply is that God is greater than what the numbers show. Hallelujah. God is greater than what the bill says. Amen. So it's not denial. It's this confident, steady persevering listen to this that no matter what the circumstances present to me I will be obedient to the word in spite of it I heard our, our dear brother praying uh, 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 for Christians in Afghanistan and, and yes we must pray for them but listen this is this is what they're faced with you know I could lose my life I could be in prison my family could be killed but will I obey the word in spite of all the evidence that is there to overwhelm me and that's faith amen and so faith operates quite simply in the fact that God is real and he speaks and his word is true. 
There was one atheist, he once said that faith is the illogical belief in the occurrence of the improbable. Amen. But, but that's not what faith is. Faith is not just, it's not just a feeling. It's not just something that we man, manufacture. And this is what the author in Hebrews said in 11 verse 6. He says, he says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. In essence, what he's saying is that we don't have faith in our faith. We have faith in the object of our faith. We, we have faith in God. Faith towards God. Sometimes people get caught up in the formula of faith. And they have faith in the formula. But he's saying, no, listen, it's not faith in the formula. It's faith in the object. It's faith in the one who holds the formula. It's faith in the one that is, exists. And if you seek him, he will reward you. Amen. Now, in verse 1, in verse 1, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, uh, it says we, we see these, these kind of three words. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We, we see the word substance, which means the, the, the foundation or the setting under, amen. In essence, what the author is saying is that for every believer, faith must be your foundation. It's like if you build a house, your house needs a strong foundation, and faith is your foundation. Amen. He says, we also see the word there, uh, faith is, is the confidence. It's, it's the assurance of things that are hoped for. Uh, that word there means evidence. It's, it's the conviction. So faith is a conviction. And the Bible says it, by this, the elders obtained a good witness. Or the elders obtained a good report or a good testimony. And that word witness was the affirmation that you had seen evidence that points to something. And so the Bible says that by their faith, the elders became evidence of the existence of God. And I certainly believe the same is true for our life is that God wants us to become evidence that he exists. God wants our, us to have a report that, the, that people can witness and it will point to the existence of God. Come on, I know some of you have some testimonies. Some of you have some history. Some of you where you, it looked like you was dead and gone, but the Lord came through. Some of you, it looked like you were going to get kicked out the house, but the Lord come through. Some of you, it looked like your children would go to jail, but the Lord came through. Come on, you have an evidence that one day, there was a time when all the, the, the circumstances looked wrong, but I got on my knees and I trusted the one who I can't see, and you still can't see him, but you can see the evidence of his existence amen so he says he says he says uh that that by it the elders obtained a good report and so the rest of hebrews chapter 11 begins to kind of list some of the reports and i just want to look at a few of those uh we can't look at all of them for time's sake but there was a few of those one of the one of the, one of the things that it starts off with is that by faith, the elders demonstrated some action. Amen? So let's look at verse 4. Verse 4. There's a very, very key point here in verse 4. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and though it, though and through it, though he being dead, still speaks. Amen. So you have Abel. Abel offers to God his best by faith. Amen. By faith, sometimes you it means that you give God be your best. Sometimes your best ain't much, but God accepts it when it's a matter of faith. But then look at El look who else he mentions. He mentions Enoch. He says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he, had, before he was taken, 
He had the testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. However, I was one talking to one of my elders, um, one of my aunties in the faith, and she was like, that's how I want to go. She was like, I believe I'm going to go like Enoch. That's what her faith is extended. She said, I'm, one moment I'll be here, one moment, one moment I'll be gone. <laughs> I was like, auntie, <laughs> I, I join my faith with you. Amen. If, if, if it could happen to anyone, it could happen to you. So by faith, Abel worships God in his giving. Right? By faith, Enoch walks with God. And pleases God through relationship because of his faith. But listen to this. Abel died a violent death. Enoch didn't see death. Yet, they were both in faith. Listen, sometimes, and this is sometimes why we have to come against what the, cult, the culture sometimes infects our perception of what is truth in the church, in the gospel. And so sometimes when we talk about faith, we are always thinking about the outcome. We have made faith something to measure. We have made some faith something empirical. You know, if, if I have a good outcome, I'm in faith. But if it turns out bad, oh, where's your faith? You need to pray more. You need to believe more. Oh, how comes you couldn't get your healing? Oh, how comes you lost your job? You must not be in faith, sister. You must not be in faith, brother. Because we've made faith outcomes. Oh, you see how much money came in? Faith! Oh, we're struggling right now. No faith. Because we've made faith about outcomes. Yet we find right at the beginning, the author says there are two men in faith. One saw a violent death because of his faith. And the other never saw death because of his faith. Amen. And so sometimes we make judgments about our own self. Whether we are in faith or not. Because the outcome is something that we didn't like. It's not something that we can post on the gram. Come on. But, but at the same time, you're still trusting him. There's been situations in my life, in my ministry, in my call, in my, man, in my marriage. It never turned out like how I prayed for it. But I'm still trusting him. Hallelujah. And you know, if, some, if someone's believing God for their healing and the, and the healing doesn't manifest in the natural, it doesn't mean that they didn't have no faith. They died in faith like Abel. And we've got to stop making these pronunciations about people's faith because God sometimes has a different outcome. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are not in faith. Can someone say amen to that? We also see Noah. By faith, Noah built that ark. Hallelujah. We see his faith working. Even though there was no, uh, uh, no, no frame of reference to rain, he still operated on the word of God. We see in verse 8 through to 22, the faith of the patriarchs. We see by, it says in verse 8, by faith Abraham obeyed when he, got, when he was called out to a place where he, would, where he would receive as an inheritance. And the Bible says, and he went out in verse 8, not knowing where he was going. So sometimes faith doesn't mean answers. Sometimes faith means movement without knowledge. Movement without information. Come on church. It says by faith he dwelled in the land of promise as in a foreign country. Sometimes faith means you've got to leave your conveniences. Praise God. Verse 11, it says, by faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Well, we know how Sarah started. She started out laughing. But one of the primary definitions of the word faith is to be persuaded. So you can start out laughing, asking God how, but it's a journey. You can get to the end where you are persuaded, and now you have the strength to produce and give birth. Hallelujah. But I want to look also at verse 13. 
Verse 13, sometimes we skip over. Verse 13, it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises. Having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And he who had received promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Amen. And so we see here that they died in faith, not having received. It says the same thing about Joseph. He died in faith not having received. They never saw the fulfillment, yet they patiently waited. Amen. Sometimes faith is waiting. Waiting can be one of the most difficult disciplines of life. Amen. Come on. Delay. Dealing with delay. Dealing with the in-betweens. Come on. Receiving a prophetic word and looking at your life and your life seems so far off. And all you have is the mustard seed. Come on. Of faith. And the Bible clearly states as well. He's saying to the Hebrews that the people that you respect and honor, they died waiting. Not having received, we don't want to hear this gospel. Not having received, we want everything. And I, and I believe when I get to the end of my life and I'm believing God for a long, long life, come on, long life, He shall satisfy me with long life. Come on, someone confess that, amen. You shall see your children, you shall see your children's children. These are our confessions of faith. Yet at the same time, we should have an understanding that should Jesus tarry, there are some things that have been spoken to us that we see and have laid hold by our faith faith that we might not see in our generation amen and all we can believe and praise for meetings like this where our young ones can catch the spirit of faith and build what God desires to see in the earth can someone say amen to that hallelujah we, we, so we look at these patriots we see Isaac we see Joseph we, we see we see Moses and, and we admire them and, and, and their stand of faith, but sometimes we make it more romantic than it was. Hallelujah. This kingdom walk is not a neat little bow. There is going to be some tests and some challenges to your faith. There are going to be some things that rock the core of your belief. Come on, there was a few years ago, maybe about seven years ago in ministry, I thought I was about to become an atheist. I was like, God, you're not answering anything. You're not showing up in anything. No, nothing is going right in my life. Do you even exist? Am I praying prayers in the air? Am I crazy? Do, and I began to discount all the marvelous times in the spirit where God showed himself. Maybe I manufactured that. Maybe it was group think tank. Maybe we're all crazy, God together there's going to be moments where your faith is rocked but the message of faith is can you persevere can you endure hallelujah can you endure when it doesn't come out your way can you endure when the right man doesn't show can you endure when the job offer that was offered to you gets taken away from you will you still be in faith because this is what he was saying to the Hebrews he was saying listen I know faith I know it looks bad the future doesn't look it looks bad but let me tell you that there were some patriarchs whom you respect that still didn't see Hallelujah. And, and he goes on, he talks about the good stuff. He says, through faith you subdued the mouth of lions. Through faith you, oh, you overthrew kingdoms. Come on, through faith you, you experienced great victory. But that's not the full picture. And I believe that it's healthy for us as, as a church and us as those that have journeyed through faith is to be real with the young ones. Hallelujah. That you're entering into a journey of warfare. You're entering into a journey where you're going to have to tell your eyes no. 
You're going to have to tell your mind no. You're going to have to tell your flesh no. You're going to have to tell your, your thinking no. I will trust God. You, you're going to, I'll trust him. I'll trust him. You're going you're gonna to have to tell people I still trust him. Oh, that just looks crazy. I still trust him. I heard a word. I still trust him. You're going to have to look crazy sometimes to family members. You're going to have to look crazy sometimes to your children. I still trust him. Why won't you let me go here? I still trust him. Uh, uh, but you, everything you told me never came to us. I still trust Trust him. You're going to have to pass down a faith from generation to generation. And the key element of faith is that it lasts. It just lasts. It lasts for all eternity. Because it is in the eternal one. Hallelujah. Well, that's my time. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 12. He writes these. He says, all these men and all these women come. And there was Rahab in there. By faith, Rahab. Rahab. Come on. What's the modern day time for Rahab? She was a hoe. Come on. Thank you, mom. She was a hoe. I'm glad you said it. It wasn't me. Mom said it. She was a hoe. Yet by faith. She became an ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. By faith, she saved her family. By faith, she saved Israel. So there was a great testimony in her life. They all obtained these testimonies. And then in verse 12, uh, verse 1, he writes and he says, listen. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. Come on. There's, there's a cloud of witnesses that are looking at this day come on and saying keep going keep going i know it's covid times keep going i know that it may seem the church is on the back end keep going i know it seems that the numbers are dwindling but keep going i know it seems that no one's hungry anymore but keep going see i know it seems like no one's thirsty anymore but keep going it seems like nobody wants to know god but keep going we've seen these times before we've witnessed these times before come on that great cloud of witnesses, of elders that have gone on before us and died in their faith. He says, because of that, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Sometimes faith is saying no to what you like to do. Hmm. He says, let us run with patience endurance perseverance the race that was set before us looking unto come on not not looking unto man can i tell you sometimes man will get you in trouble looking 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 to man and tying your faith to men will get you in trouble one of my favorite teachers keith moore said faith puts no pressure on man Sometimes people watch man and man falls and they fall too. He says, looking unto Jesus. Who? Who is he? The author and the finisher of what? My faith. Someone say my faith. My faith. My faith doesn't even belong to me. What did Paul say? He says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. My faith is in Jesus. Hallelujah. Who for the joy that was set before him. Come on, he looked ahead. He saw the future as well. He endured the cross. You're going to have to endure. your. It was not Jesus' cross, but there are some crosses you must endure. He says, despising the shame. Sometimes faith can look shameful for a while. But he says he'll never leave us ashamed. Hallelujah. And, he, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Can we just for a moment worship the author and finisher of our faith? Doesn't matter where you are, where, where you would class. Some, sometimes we like to quantify. Where am I in faith? No, no. Unshakable faith does not belong to you. It belongs to him. And he gives us his faith. He develops faith on the inside of us. Come on, someone just worship the Lord right now. Lord, I thank you. 
Come on, right now, wherever you are, I don't know what you're facing in your life. You might be facing a particular challenge, but you're not alone. Hallelujah. The faith of the patriarchs is in you. The faith of Jesus is in you. The great cloud of witnesses is cheering you on. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, I just thank you for every person in here today. Oh, we receive your faith today. I pray for those that are in fiery battles right now. They receive your faith today. I pray for those, Lord, that the future is hinged on their next decision. You will not waver. You will not waver. You will not turn back. You will hold fast to the confession of your faith. Come on, I, I pray for those that are ready to let go of that prophetic word and it can't, it, it could never come to pass. No, 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 no. Lay hold on it anyway. Lay hold. If it doesn't get produced in your timeline, God will still make it come to pass. Lay hold on it. It still belongs to you. Still belongs to you. Abraham said the promise is still mine. I won't see the nations, but the promise is still mine. Oh, glory be to God. I pray for those, Father, that are struggling to trust your word. That they are on the verge of throwing away, casting away their belief. Strengthen them right now in Jesus' name. I pray, Father God, that faith is energized in this church. Faith is energized in this region of Croydon. Faith begins to grow hallelujah faith for the land again faith faith for the people faith for the city faith for the nation faith for our young ones faith to overcome the world faith to subdue the mouths of our enemies faith to tear down kingdoms and build up what God has destined for us. We pray these prayers in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you agree with that prayer, why don't you give God a praise, a shout of praise. Father, we just thank you. We just honor you. We just bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God.